feels like a long time since I've been here. It's only been a few weeks. I, um, I visited Balmoral and I visited New Farm and straight after this I'll go on um, Daisy, the Logan Group are meeting in Daisy Hill Park for the first time. Um, they're very excited about that, doing that and uh, we're looking for a place for them to meet somewhere in Logan soon. So, uh, you know, I, um, I was at Balmoral when they did the expo. Who was here last week for the expo? If you missed last week's service, it's, it is videoed, I believe, and it's up on the website. You've got to see that. There's some fantastic stories. And you know what? I'm just deeply humbled and grateful to God that I, I am part of this family across different locations, but we have this passion for sharing Jesus with people who don't know him here and outside of Australia. And part of the expo experience for me at Balmoral, because I didn't get here last week, but I was at Balmoral, was to see just how many partnerships that we have with so many different people in so many different ways. It was crazy. The stories from Fishers of Men to Open Haven and Local and Chaplaincy and RI and then our internships, and then the, from a global perspective, we're only, we only got to hear a small number of stories of things that God is doing as a part of our partnership with many people. It, it, I mean, if we could fully understand what, you know, the seeds that we're sowing into the kingdom of God through our prayer, through our giving, we would, we would be wowed. You know, you take one of those... Uh, people out of a situation and their influence is gone but because we're prayerfully supporting them and God has sent them and they've come from us and going to the world then God is at work in them and through them it's just unbelievable did I wake someone up Uh, I've got a great word for you this morning but before I do that I need to celebrate something Uh, Michelle and I celebrated our 35th wedding anniversary a few weeks ago uh, which is nothing when you compare it to, I was at Ruth Nylander's uh, celebration service on Friday and celebrating a godly woman and a great life. And uh, they were married 63 years, which makes 35 sound very small. And she was about to, to turn 90. And a uh, beautiful little, little story. Uh, she met Carl because this is a really cool thing. And I pray that something like this happens again. But in Sweden, when she was 17 or 18, girls finished school and went to Bible, Bible college if they were Christian. There was this movement where young women would go to a Bible college and do training to be evangelists. And then they were sent to the four corners of Sweden to share in the local churches the gospel. And so Ruth went as an evangelist for two years to Carl's village. And Sven told me, he said, you know, these girls that came from outside, they were different to the local girls. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, Sven and Carl, uh, Ruth's husband, Carl, if you haven't met Carl, uh, they grew up in an absolutely sincere, devoted family of Christians. And um, they still are that love. That when I prayed with Carl and Ruth uh, before uh, Ruth passed away and had communion with them, the sincerity of their prayer and their genuineness and their love for Jesus was palpable. Pal- Thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm going to get a drink of water. I'm drawing up. Palatable. It's pal- pal- palpable. Palpable. Oh, whatever. You know what I'm saying. 
just move, let's move on. You know, I just was touched by their love for Jesus. And it reminded me uh, just 63 years of marriage that started. And I, I said to their son, Olive, I said, you do realize that if your mum had never gone to Bible college and never got sent to your village, your dad and your mum would never have met and you wouldn't be alive. You guys have never thought about it like that. <laughs> but eternity's changed. Things change. It's like that whole sliding door thing. God just opens doors and he brings people into contact with people and you are part of that amazingly, beautifully designed mosaic tapestry that God is doing in the, in the lives of men and women across the face of the earth. It is a very exciting time to know. L listen, some people can only see the bad in COVID, but I have read this week or heard this week someone say, that in every renewal and revival that's ever occurred on the face of the earth, there's always been preceded by a crisis that's worldwide. We are facing the first large, widespread, worldwide crisis since World War II. Think about it. Up until this point in time, it's been up and to the right. We have known nothing but Technology improvements, lifestyle improvements, modernization, industrialization, technical advances. And it's been like this and like this and like this. And all of a sudden we are out of control and we can't fix it. And people who aren't Christians and people who are Christians are saying, where is God? The people who are Christians shouldn't be asking that question. But I tell you what, the church is now being shaken because some of us are so anxious about being out of control and we're so used to being in control, God is going, yes, I've been waiting for you to acknowledge that there are lots of things you can't control. I, I shared it at Ruth's funeral um, that when you, when you come into a and encounter a person who has sincere hope. When I met with Ruth, the last time I saw her, there was an unshakable hope and a peace about the fact that when she died, she was not dying and being obliterated and having nothing. She was dying and going quickly to be with Jesus. And Carl, who is 90 as well, was not worried about the fact that his wife was dying because he said, you know what, I've only got so much time left, so it won't be long and I'll be with her. There's absolutely certain hope that they carried in their hearts because of the love that, that they have for God and what he's done for them that makes them the world's worst crisis that, that you would die. And they're facing the world's worst crisis with absolute peace and with absolute hope. And yet many of us are facing, and the world that we live in is facing an uncertain future where we may or may not get COVID or we may or may not die from COVID, right? But we're freaking out. What does that tell you about our sure and certain hope or lack of it? You know what? Of all the people on the face of the earth, if you have Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, then whether you get COVID or whether you don't get COVID, whether you die from COVID or not die from COVID, there is one thing that we have and that is Jesus. And he, we have him now and we have him forever and we've got. If, if you are anxious and worried about COVID, 
then you take that to the Lord because that is something that's not good for you to be anxious and worried about it. It's not good. It's not, it's not the Spirit of God wanting you to be anxious and worried. He wants you to, to take that fear, that anxiety, and say, Jesus, there's something not right in the way I'm thinking. I've got stinking thinking. I, I've got things that are, I'm thinking about and worrying about that are actually out of control. And now what we do is we need to acknowledge that that's happening and we go before the Father and we say, this is wrong. I need help. Please help me. I confess that I'm thinking about the worst and I'm not trusting you. There's a song by Keith Green, uh, a guy I listened to many years ago. It was called, I Pledge My Head to Heaven for the Gospel. And in that song, he goes through talking about pledging his head, then pledging his wife's life, and then pledging his son's life to heaven. And what he was basically doing is laying down the fact that I can't control what might happen to me, and I can't control what might happen to my wife, and I can't control what might happen to my son, but I say this, God, you've got it. And here's what's interesting. He was 33 or something, and he died in, the, in a plane accident. He, he had an amazing full young life, but he died very early. But he sang that song knowing that didn't matter how long he lived, he was saying, God, I trust you. That's not my sermon. Where are we going? Well, uh, uh, Isaiah 61, Luke chapter 4 is the theme of uh, heart to heart. And where we're going to land today is this. In this booklet, which you all received, along with a card that came in it, there's a card that we're going to do use. And if you don't have a pen, maybe I can get my welcome team to give you a pen. Just stick your hand up now because I want you to start thinking about it. On that card is a... An, uh, because what I want us to do is at the end of this service, I want everybody to move. We're going to have two bags, one side either side. And I want you to either bring... If you brought a physical financial gift, then you bring that gift... But on that card, there are two sides to that card. One is, is that you can write down what you're giving. Some of you might have given electronically. Some might be giving a pledge. They're pledging something that they're going to give over a period of time. But on the other side of that is an opportunity for you to make a prayerful devotion to God about what you will do as a part of your sacrificial life-giving purpose in the next 12 months. So um, when you come forward, whether you've got physical money or whether you've already given or whether you're going to give it here's the thing we want you to bring that card and we want you to stick it in those bags and no one is going to read those cards that is between you and Jesus this is your opportunity to pledge your head to heaven for the gospel for the good news of Jesus and when you write down a prayer or write down what it is physically that you're going to do um, I write down three things on my card Michelle's got it um, and we've already uh, figured out our pledge and we've got that. We're going to write that down. We'll put that in a bag. Those will be taken and no one will look at those. That's between you and Jesus, all right? But when I read this, this document and what God has given us to do as a church, I am deeply humbled, but also I am, I am challenged deeply by the immense work that is to be done on the face of the earth yet. So many still do not know Jesus. And yet I have been blessed to know him. And we have been blessed to know him. And so we are called by God to work with God. 
and to know him. So I started by saying 35 years, Michelle and I have been married. It's been awesome. I, I, I can say now that the, the rosy colored, uh, colored glass love that I had, which is a beautiful thing, by the way. You see, no faults. They're just beautiful and perfect. And, and nothing's changed. <laughs> About you, anyway. <laughs> uh, um, the, the reality is, is that for me, those 35 years, my love has had to learn what it is, not just to be romantically in love, but what it is to love and lay down your life and to learn that. Carl and Ruth, 63 years. I just turned 58, but a more important number is that I just turned 50. 50 in terms of how long I've been a Christian. I've had heaven in my heart for 50 years. I've been learning, just like I've been learning to love Michelle for 35 years, I've been learning to love Jesus for 50 years. And I'm still not finished. And that's going to be an eternal experience. My love for him will grow and grow and grow because he is infinite. He's indescribable. He is unfathomable. Even though it, the scriptures say right now we see through a dirty glass or a dim glass, then we'll see him as he is. But when you think about it, the human mind is still going to be the human mind and God is still going to be God. And you're going to look at, at the infinite, unfathomable, indescribable God and you're just going to go, I'm undone. And every day, he'll turn a little bit and you'll see another perspective of who God is. And he reveals some truth or some wisdom or some insight or some beautiful thing about him. And we will just go. Words do not describe what you just revealed to me. This is the beauty of our God. When we, um, 50 years, what is it? What do we just, it's the Jubilee year, and on the front of this, it's called Proclaiming God's Favor. Uh, at the end of uh, the reading that Jesus read out at the synagogue in Nazareth, he said, and de uh, proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. And that's what I want to quickly talk to you about this morning that God is wanting to bring a, a, put his favor on you, and he wants that favor to be so strong on you that it is pouring out of you why because we live in a world that is desperately hopelessly lost and confused and out of control and he wants his favor to be on you so that it is so fragrant and so beautiful and so heavy with the dew of his spirit that you will walk into people's lives and you will share hope and love and faith with them. But God wants you to be rich in that first. Um, I love in Luke chapter 3, it says of Jesus' baptism that the Spirit came down upon him in bodily form and appearance of a dove and the Father said this to him, this is my son whom I love and with him I am well pleased. Before you do anything, the Father says this about you. You are God's son and God's daughter 
loves you like you could not imagine or believe. There is no limit to how far God will go to save a wretch like me. God came, he filled his son with his spirit. Jesus went, was tempted by the devil. He overcame the devil. The next part of the story in Luke chapter 4, as Jesus is in his hometown's synagogue, he's read the scripture which says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. These words were written by Isaiah some 500 years before. And, we, and this Spirit of the Lord is upon me and, and has anointed me. This was a sign of a king, a prophet and a priest. This was this beautiful expectation of Messiah, the King of Israel. And Jesus said, by the way, this has come true today. And he's the last words of the set of the scripture from Isaiah 61 to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. This scripture was fulfilled in your hearing, said Jesus. And then this became what I would call his manifesto, which is another way of saying this is the overview of everything that Jesus said and did for the rest of his ministry. And here's a beautiful thing. When you read Luke chapter 4 or Isaiah 61, and it says the spirit of the Lord is upon me, You make it yours because the king has come to live in you. And the anointing he walked in, he gave to his church and said, Now walk like me, talk like me. What I said about the kingdom, you show it, you say it, you demonstrate it. What you don't can't do yourself, I will do through you, through my spirit upon you. How good is that? I love that the scripture comes alive every time we read it. And what Jesus said was also said of the New Testament church. He said, do not go anywhere. You're going as disciples into the world to make disciples, to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son. And he goes on and says, now go to Jerusalem, go back in Jerusalem and wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. And he will come upon you and give you power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the outer ends of the earth. This is the destiny of every child of God. Jesus came not just to save us from sin, but to give us a destiny. He gave us an identity as a child of God. And he said, now you have a destiny as a disciple maker. That disciple making is to actually do my manifesto to proclaim good news to the poor, to set the captives free and to proclaim my favour on those who think there's no favour coming to me from God. Do you know anybody who doesn't think that God's favour is directed towards them? Do you know anybody? Some people don't even believe in God. Some people are not sure where God is. Some people don't know what kind of God God is. Here's a beautiful thing about your relationship with Jesus. You do. And when you fall in love with Jesus, then you become a person who can tell other people and show other people what Jesus looks like. Because his spirit in you is declaring, proclaiming and announcing his favour that you've received. You get it, you give it away. At the end of Luke's gospel, in Luke chapter, uh, end of Luke 4, 
we read this is what happened straight after he went back to Capernaum. He, um, he went to Capernaum. I'm just going to read this. In verse 38, he, left the, um, he just cast out a demon from a man in the synagogue. It would be like someone in church having a demon express itself and Jesus looks at that guy and the demon inside that guy and tells him to be quiet and get out and it happens and everybody went what just happened and then this happens verse 38 jesus left the synagogue went to the home of simon now simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they asked jesus to help her so he bent over her rebuked the fever it was probably a demonically imposed a disease and it left her and she got up at once and began to wait on them and at sunset the people brought to jesus all who had various kinds of sicknesses laying his hands on each one he healed them moreover demons called out of many uh, came out of many people shouting you are the son of god but he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the messiah and at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place and the people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because this is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. The manifesto kept going and kept going and kept going. And Jesus got a bunch of 12 guys and he showed them how to do the same. And it kept going and it kept going. And in 2,000 years, it has reached Australia. Australia. It kept going and it kept going. I want it to go... We have 247 ethnic groups in the city of Logan. Some of those still haven't heard about Jesus. There are people in our world who don't have access to the good news yet. It's coming. God is wanting people from this congregation to be part of a worldwide global movement who are so in love with Jesus, they'll do anything for him. Let's tell you a picture. When I was about 15, I, I remember this picture of my room and my bed and a record player. It was a record player with a ca cassette. To all the people who are young, you know what a cassette is, don't you? And you know what a record is. Vinyl, they call it now. And I would get my vinyl and I put it on a, put my cassette and I record the record off the, onto the cassette and I put that into my car. That was cool. It took a long time to do it. You couldn't make a playlist so easy on cassette, let me tell you. <laughs> now I'm really feeling old. But I remember that I fell in love with Jesus on my bedroom floor. I never fell in love with Jesus before. I didn't know you could. I didn't know. I, and there was this guy, it was our, one of our youth group leaders, his name was Gary. And I didn't know that it was possible to love God. I, I honestly 
you know, that command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and mind and strength. I thought it was a command. You just do it. You don't feel it. That's, you don't need feelings. You just want faith. Well, let me tell you what faith without feelings is. Faith without feelings is pretty dry. You can do it because it's the right thing to do, but how far does it get you? certainly helps if you have a sense of passion. And, but where it came from was is that God showed me how much he loved me. How much Jesus did for me when he died for me. And I read these stories about the way Jesus connected to the poor and the least and the broken and God revealed his great love in a way that I couldn't imagine. And on my bedroom floor as I'm listening to different songs and those worship songs became heart songs and I found myself pouring out my love back to God. And I found but even more so his love being poured out on me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me and he anointed me. And at that point... I want to be a preacher of good news. And I've got to remind myself at 58, now that I'm 50 years as a born-again child of God, I've got to keep reminding myself that the reason I do the Great Commission is not because I have to, but because of this great love that poured itself out through Jesus and it's become my reality and it's become my experience. And I want to live that love out every day not just back then but now i want his divine love to grab my heart again i want the love that he poured out for me by sending his only one son to die for me to grab my soul every morning when i ask god give me a divine appointment i don't want to do it sheerly out of obedience so that's good obedience is Sometimes disconnected to how you feel, right? Sometimes you just got to do it because it is right. But let me tell you, I don't want to live a dry faith. I want, to, I want a faith that is filled with the power and the love of God. I want it to deeply touch my heart. And to, what I had to do is I had to let go. Because when Gary told me that God loved me like that, and he said, you know, you can love God like that too. I went... But I do love God. And he just looked at me and he went, Yeah. And I, you know when someone does that to you? And you know, they, they're just saying, Yeah, because you, you think you do. He didn't say that to me, but I went away from that conversation and you know what? I knew I didn't have that love for God and I saw it in him. He was loved by God and he loved God. And I just went to God and I said, okay, I want that kind of love. And I live that kind of love. So when you come forward this morning, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you and he's anointing you. This is good news. That you will be, know his love. As Paul wrote to the Ephesians, how deep, how wide, how high is the love of God for those for those. You're the those. And those are the those.
yet to see him, yet to know him. So would you just get your pen now? Get your card. And I'm just going to play a song now. And um, just what we're just going to play while you're just writing, having time to pray. I want you to fall in love with Jesus again. And if you've never um, felt that connection with Jesus, then just invite his love to come into your heart in a fresh and new way. Just say, Jesus, I want that. I love you. I want that love to consume me like a fire. I'm going to give you the time of this video. This is a song called Jubilee. It's about this time of favour coming upon our world, upon us. It's now.
you stand up and ask our two welcome team to come up with the bags before you um, bring your present yourselves as living a living sacrifice pledge your head again to heaven I just want to pray over you I declare the freedom of the Lord Jesus Christ in this place for people who who have been under anxiety and fear of the uncertainty of these times, the Lord would say to you, you are set free from that uncertainty and that anxiety in the name of Jesus. The Lord rebuke you, Satan, for trying to steal these people's peace. Lord Jesus, we declare that you are our rock and upon which we will stand. The Lord reminds you, your house is not built on sand, it is built on rock. Jesus is your cornerstone. There is no other one who you should build your life. The Lord says, when you were born again, you were born into my family, and that means you're mine, and I am yours. And you should not fear, no, no evil shall become you, that, that overcome you. I am with you. My rod and my staff, they are with you and they will comfort you. Go to this. Go to the rock that will not be moved. Build again. Build again upon that rock. I declare freedom from anxiety right now in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, for a sound mind, for peace, love and a sound mind to be present in one's. But I also say to you, for those of you who have never encountered the love of God, I prayed this prayer for you. Lord, we heard about Aidan 
people living in darkness have seen a light. Lord, I pray that you will enlighten their hearts and mind into a new and deeper encounter with your love, Jesus. For those who hunger for that, who said, I want that for me. I want to love God with that depth. Lord, would you give them what they ask for? It's a good thing that they're asking. So we ask for abundance. And God, we pray for an anointing, a fresh anointing on each one. An anointing to proclaim the good news. An anointing to live the good news. An anointing, Lord Jesus, that is powerful, that fulfills your purpose on the earth. The good works in Christ planned for each one of us, our destiny. Lord God, I just pray your spirit anointing now to fall upon each one. Oh, let it go deep, God, not not surface. Let it go deep, I pray in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. That your wealth and anointing, those, Lord, who seek it, Lord, those who are humble, those who just lay their lives apart, Lord, fill them, Lord. Fill them, Lord. Lord, we come. Your children. This gift of yourself, Lord, we receive it now in Jesus' name. Gift of the greatest gift of all. We bless you, God. We give our lives for this, God. We give our lives for this.